this will just be what we fade in over normal here. Oh. They'll understand that there was some kind of bickering happening, and now this is the part when it gets loud. Hello, everybody. Okay. But not know what it is. That's just a secret for Will and I, mm. and you dumbasses will never know. <sighs> why do you have to... Why do you have to speak ill of the listener? I, I'm feeling wily today. I'm, no shit. I'm a little hyper, but uh-huh. I'm also really tired. So yeah. I think you're going to have to carry this one. It's not going to be me. <sighs> I didn't even take a nap in that nap time that I was allotted. <laughs> We're just blowing right through nap time. <laughs> I, I couldn't I like couldn't do it because the Dr. Pepper kept me awake and I was like, oh no. Oh no. So I chugged the rest of the doctor before. Wow, this. you truly are a baby. What? A little bit of soda. <laughs> Made it too hard for baby to take his 8 p.m. nap. 7 p.m. Thank eight. you. I requested that at 7.15 we start at 8 so I could get a half Yeah, hour. Will said, I need, uh, let me have a moment. We'll start around 8.30. Uh-huh. So th- that moment is an hour and a half long for anybody wondering. I didn't nap, though, so it's very, very frustrating to me. So you're aggravated and I'm a little hyper. Well, yeah, I had my my cola seltzer toddler in tow. Uh yeah yeah we were experimenting with a new limited edition Hal's flavor entitled Cola, literally Crystal Pepsi. It's Crystal Pepsi. It's, it wasn't bad though. It was odd, not bad, but very uh, like when your your body and like what the input is are just like oh what what is this? Oh I don't know if it's that dramatic. It's pretty much like a soda, but then the flavor goes away. We were talking about this earlier. Yeah, I'm not really sure this is any better than talking about your uh, I mean, it's beverage recipes. Yeah. I just found we're it. back to beverage talk. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I got to tell you that you know how you're always like, oh, my brain feels melted or yeah. whatever. Mine actually feels a little bit melted. Yeah. We went on an adventure today. So many adventures. We went on, well, it was really one continuous adventure Never ending. in a car. Yeah. The never-ending drive. I don't know. I still feel like a little like sketched out by beach walking time because there are too many people and now i'm like oh was i contributing to the problem i don't know yeah no i know it's funny that you say that we should be clear that the first uh thing we did today was go out to fort tilden uh to try and enjoy a walk on the beach and we did enjoy the walk on the beach but the beach was overrun with uh maskless 20 somethings actually families it was just it was just people from all over the spread yeah, but it was like a busy June Sunday on in May, May on this May third as we yeah, sit here it's recording. very odd. I don't. Well, people are just restless. I mean, I think it comes with the territory. I think yeah. I told you the other day when we were playing Catan that uh, I heard from a noted comedian, and I think he's right that core really starts May first. Oh, like actually withholding yourself from activities? Yes. Not only because the weather is nice, but also people's funds are starting to run out. And I think especially people mm. with families are getting really, really impatient at this phase in the cycle. Oh. They've been trying to work from home and homeschool and just keep their kids in line. It was really the families today that were alarming me. They were the ones that were most like, we don't give a fuck. They were the most no shits given. And yeah. I'm like, wow, that's intriguing. Um I don't know what it is. I, I, I'm I'm really of two minds about this because on one hand, I don't want to be too judgmental. My understanding is that taking care of kids is pretty difficult, especially in close quarters constantly. Ew. However, guys, just, you know, rein it in a little bit. Your family can't be four abreast walking down the boardwalk. You know what I mean? Keep no. them in a single file line, maybe, at minimum. Or, like, don't entertain their usual bullshit of, like, I just want to sit and stop. Just be like, no, keep them moving. No, no. 
Keep it, keep it rolling, Kaylee. I did see some parents doing that. Like when we were walking down the beach, because mostly it was kids playing in the water. By the yeah. way, the water was like sub 32 degrees. Yeah. Fucking ice Stellar cold. parenting. All those kids are going to be sick this week and they're going to be like, oh, why, why? What happened? What, what, what did we do? And it's like, well, you let little Timothy into the surf and it was bone chilling to my toesies. So good luck. Yeah, we should check in the statistics tomorrow if there's a spike in deaths from hypothermia. I mean, it won't be hypothermic, but, like, they are going to have little colds, little sniffies. Yeah, yeah. Um, Indistinguishable from coronavirus, and then they'll all be rushed to the ER and, and overwhelm the healthcare system. all over their adult parents because they're little jam-handed germ monsters. <laughs> Fucking tiny terrorists. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah, but they were the ones that were out of line. But their parents were trying to reel them in, I think. I kept getting the sense that when we were walking by, they were sort of gesturing to the children verbally to either stay closer to the water or come all the way back rather than be in the path of the walkers. That's what it seemed to me. There was one parent who was like, you know you're not allowed to climb on the rocks. And literally the rock that this small child was on was the flattest rock I've ever goddamn seen. And I was like, what's the harm? Well, these are the same Park Slope-style parents that put their kids on leashes or give them helmets to ride their tricycles. This sounded like a this. little more Bay Ridge Irish. Oh, okay. Like, So I was like, what the, what's the fucking problem? Well, it's, yeah, okay. The, the overbearing parent has reached all the way down to the first-generation immigrant working class, <sighs> is what you're saying. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, okay. just yet another reason America deserves to die. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, intrigue. I mean, I don't know. Like... It was, I still get like, because I, I drive around, a, well, not a lot. I, I have one route I go, right? You go one route, but you do it a lot. Yeah. Every time I see like, you know, a rando on Flushing Avenue with a city bike, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Those bikes are disgusting. You're going to, you're going to catch something and then fall over. I don't know. Um, but then driving around Manhattan, it's just like city bikes all over. And you're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? You know, I don't think, I guess the city bikes are marginally more dangerous in that more people touch them yeah. than just yourself. But I don't know. It, it, the thing that is, I don't even want to say it's scary. It's just bothersome when you're out in public right now is there's a certain type of person that's behaving appropriately, right? Like mm -hmm. mask on, you know, making efforts to social distance and blah, blah, blah. And then there's people that are just like, oh, it's my regular life, but I don't have to work. Mm -hmm. And there's a real different vibe that the two groups throw off. And what scares me is that I think that there's only about 20% of people that are taking it seriously and being out. And 80% of people that are like, fuck it. I want some Morgan Stearns and a goddamn mimosa. And I better not have to wear a mask while I do it. Or a 450 Levain cookie. Yeah. All lines we saw, all real. Oh yeah, oh, this hard is hitting all reportage. Real. Yeah, hard Not hitting reportage. <laughs> like I don't like. Also, is an ice cream place like an essential business? I don't think it is. I don't know, but I guess like you know, a teetotaler could make the same argument about a liquor store. Well, that's for sanity. Yeah, so ice I think, cream doesn't help you stay sane. Well, I think you know, for the brunch bitches, <sighs> it's a necessary palliative <sighs> device. I don't know. That's mm, it's mm -mm. food, you know. I don't know. You could argue. Mm, uh, <laughs> you could argue that anything is inessential or essential. Yeah, I just think I, if it's mm. if it's consumable, meaning food, not like retail. Yeah, I think it's fine. Yeah, but like, 
my sadness of driving through Chinatown and nothing being open. I was like, I'll I'll give anyone my money. I'll give you all my money for like one banh mi. Just one. <laughs> I know it only costs $8, but I will give you $40 right now for, okay, I want, I want two banh mi's for 40 bucks, but I'll give you 40 bucks for two. Yeah, well, this is an interesting question. We were talking about it a little bit in the car, but my hypothesis was that... Um, in general, the Chinese that populate the Lower East Side in Chinatown are either first-generation immigrants or second yeah. in a lot of cases. I think they just take this shit way more seriously than everybody else. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, we're telling you right now, if you haven't been down there, that literally nothing is open. Like, And there's no people walking Restaurants around. are not doing takeout. There's less people, yeah. And there's definitely not, like, old Chinese ladies with masks no, on. No, You're not no. seeing that anymore. It's young white children. Yeah. And by children, I mean 22-year-olds who are like, mm, let's get a walk around mimosa. Right, right. But mimosa I, Sunday. But I think my theory was pretty good that I generally think that because they've been through several of these pandemics in recent memory in China and in Southeast Asia in general, that they're not fucking around. They're yeah. not going to give you a bon me for takeout only because they're like, nope. The way it works is everybody disappears for a couple months yeah, and then we all reemerge later. That's the well, only way it's effective. That was, I mean, that's what Dave Chang said on his podcast was like, mm, if you get like an official directive to stay the fuck home, like as a people, we just do that. They're yeah, like, for sure. They're like, we just do that. Cause like, we know how bad it actually is. We just, okay, shut it down. Bye. Did you see this thing in the times about like uh, South Korea and Australia and reopening? It was not a very good piece, but it was just trying to give a picture of what reopening looks like for us dumb Americans mm. because we've never been through this before. And it was focusing mostly on South Korea because they've managed the problem so well. Mm -hmm. But um, the seriousness with which the uh, people in South Korea even take the reopening procedures, like they're not allowed to sing at church they're not allowed to take communion. You know, the, all oh. of these things that for that community in particular are really serious mm -hmm. are universally accepted. And we just do it, you huh. know, whereas like uh, that's never going to happen in the United States. If you can't get Morgan Stearns, that's the equivalent of not being able to take communion. I don't I, I don't know about that, but, you know, <laughs> for the type of for the type of people. Yeah, is, I guess. And it's it's amazing to see because I, I think that there's also like histories of collective action and and that type of culture anyway yeah. largely that ha that has nothing to do with being asian in particular it has to do with homogenous societies yeah i and think but we just are american individualist yes. cunts who are like let me get what i want and i don't care like again i'll give you 40 dollars for a bond me like kind of hyperbole kind of i kind of totally right. would do that um but like you know like it's also fine to see that like walking like being downtown and seeing it fairly sparse was actually kind of nice, except for whatever bar on Thompson was like, ah, fuck it. If you're our friends, we'll just serve you on the street. Yeah. That was the wild. I was like, wow. Wild in downtown. Just no fucks given. Yeah. Can we can we circle back to the idea that it, it made me feel a little bit guilty? In, oh, the, yeah. in the hours since we got home, I don't even know if guilt is the right word, but I did start to feel like... I've been taking it so seriously up until now that doing, like, an entire day out, granted in a car, like, honestly, I think all things yeah. considered, it was okay. But it still begs the question for me, are, are you supposed to do that? Are you allowed to do that? I mean, there are people who also did what we did, but then also caused a, you know, a two-car crash on Ninth Avenue. So, like, 
Well, setting people's competence aside, the reason that I ask is because, you know, I said as much one other time on the podcast about like going to the grocery store. Mm -hmm. You can't social distance. It doesn't matter. You you know, it's like what moms say. I'm I'm not worried about uh, you driving. I'm worried about the other drivers. Mm, Truly. In in New York City, like I, I really feel like it's kind of impossible, even in a car, even with a mask, even taking it as seriously as you can yourself. Other people are not doing it. Yeah. I mean, like this was the first day where I was reminded I'd live in a city. You mean like I had that like really like, like on, on the bridge, I was like, there's too many people out and they're all doing the worst thing. Oh wait, you live in a city. Yeah. Everyone is acting being their worst all the time. And even though it's like, you know, I'm like, yeah, be your worst for a little bit, whatever. You're not hurting anyone because you're not doing anything. It's like, oh, no, people are doing things and being their worst selves. I'm like, oh, fuck. That's right. Civilization is trash. <laughs> like, I was just like, fuck, mate. Like, come on, guys. Like, put the fucking mask over your goddamn nose. I don't understand it. Well, yeah, yeah. Wait, let's dwell on that for a second because we're talking about the phenomenon of people that walk around with a mask either just around their neck or just over their mouth. Yeah. There's a lot of people that, like, I think get halfway there. They're like, okay, the mask is an important symbol. Yeah. So I must have mask. But I don't, either I don't understand or I'm willing to ignore the effect on, like, tamping down contagion to others. Or I'm just ignorant. Like I, I can't, I cannot figure out what the motivation is there. I beyond, I think that it's, it's a lot like people's politics, where they think that if you do the symbolic thing, you've done enough. It's the I voted sticker. Yeah, exactly. It's an I voted sticker for brunch bitches. <sighs> and the men who and everybody. Yeah, it's not, it's not it's fair not, to even yeah. put it in one category. This is like everybody from old people to young people. Yeah. Like you get as far as the symbol, and that's enough. Mm-hmm. But, but then it's like. You can't do symbol. We can't do the symbol kabuki that I know a lot of people love and cherish. It's like, actually, that's why you're terrible people. Yeah. And you're just showing your ass so hard right now. And it's like, this is the weird part. This may be where I, I, you know, my guilt kind of doesn't waver where it's like, we did all the healthy things, mask on the entire time. That's true. Yeah. No touching, carrying, uh, literally love affair with this ice cream sandwich. (laughs) Sorry, I just watched that episode of Arrested Development where all these bits come from okay, last night, so well, it's going to be on my brain. Oh, boy. <laughs> but, like, you know, like, literally hand sanitizer in back pocket. Yep, yeah, yeah. Like, no touching. Nothing. And it's like, and then there's people, I don't know, like, it kind of, it does feel like an exploration. It it was like an exploratory, like, visit to the outside world. It was. Did, did you? Because I'm not trying to do this again with people acting like that. It's a lot like um, going grocery shopping where I feel like, okay, maybe one outing every two weeks Fine. is acceptable yeah. risk for sanity or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I would agree that like, I'm not trying to do that again. It's very strange because I had a really, we, I think we had a really fun day. Yeah. I think that's fine. But like, it was too tense. Oh, the anxiety, like, when I'm just, like, because normally, okay, so maybe, like, going on a weekday was probably a better idea. Mm -hmm. I think we fucked up. But, like, you know, if you go to Fort Tilden on a Wednesday, it's you and a shitload of sand and maybe six other people. Right. Not the case. Well, and the crazy thing about being on the beach was, like, so Will and I uh, drove to Fort Tilden and then, for those familiar with it, you have to walk, like, about a mile to get to the more remote to actual Fort Tilden. Part yeah. of the beach. So we did that walk on the boardwalk, as you do, and then decided to take the 
actual beach walking through the sand against the water on the way back. Mm -hmm. Mostly because I just wanted to experience the fucking beach and the water in spite of the hundreds and hundreds of people that were on it. Now, what was weird to me about that was we were the only people with masks on that entire way back for the most part. There were, I would say we were with we were the one percenters. There was a lot of people like where it'd be two people, but one of them would have a mask and then the other one yeah, wouldn't. Right, I'm like, what the fuck the is the wrong point? with you? Like, I, I know, I I know this. I, I'm I'm afraid this is very boring for listeners because oh. everybody knows this shit and it's like just repeating. But it it it, it was shocking to me because I was like, guys, the beach is not some sudden like free zone. No, there's more water in the air. The the groups of seven to twelve people. Who don't know what six feet All is. All completely maskless, yeah. not even trying to do anything. It was really alarming that, like, wow, there's a lot of people. You know, and for a, like, coastal liberal city that's making fun of Trump supporters that are, like, going out and protesting, it's like, you guys are kind of worse. Well. At least don't make fun of those people because you're just doing the same thing and, like. Well, here's the thing. A lot of those people are the people on the beach, as we learned with the with the flag. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we that's... did see a Trump 2020 no bullshit flag at Breezy Point. <sighs> um, yeah, because there's a lot of cop families and firefighter families out there, as we discussed. Yeah. And lots of, you know, and lots of immigrant families that are probably pretty conservative. Yeah. But, you know, that was only some of it, though. I'm really more fixated on the cosmopolitan types that'll, you know, turn their nose down at, you know, interior folk from this country. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, go to Fort Tilden with 25 people and... Just be tits out, not wearing masks. The tits yeah. out, I appreciate. There was that one girl still holding on to the dream, and I was yeah. like, sweetie, at least if you're going to do that, put a mask on, and then maybe take two more masks and sling them back, because you're spreading out everywhere. It would be really funny to go to Fort Tilden with no top and just two N95s. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> That's a fantastic bit. If you're a lady out there and you want to do that and send me pictures, I would really appreciate don't, it. No, don't do that. Absolutely <laughs> do not do that. Um... I'm sure that'll be in, like, a V-Files magazine spread, like a PDF soon enough, I'm sure. Christ, or a paper magazine moment. Oh, I mean, I, you know, as you know, sometimes I get stoned and explore the waifu-verse. <sighs> and um, there is a ton of... Yeah, I knew it was coming. Yep. There's a ton of... Not necessarily... It is mask-related, but it's vaguely coronavirus-related, like, horniness going on in the anime community in particular they weren't fucking before it and they're not fucking now what changed for them nothing just new new images well i think that the the dystopia we're living through is closer um, to like a yeah it meshes really well with their like akira sci-fi fantasies anyway Mm. so they just discovered that you know reality is closer to hentai than you ever would have imagined I mean, you just need to go to a bathhouse to learn that that's true, but okay, fine. Oh, okay, wait a minute. Speaking of tentacles, did you see all the the UFO things that came out recently? I glanced at it, went, I don't have time for this in my, like, literally went, nope, nope, not enough RAM. Well, will you, in, will you indulge in. me for a second? Yeah, why, why did the CIA release these, like, weird things? This is the thing. I don't know. This is the second time in three or four years, maybe the third. Mm-hmm. Um, that the government has done this. Why? For the first, I mean, for it's really the first time, kind of ever, because e- even back in 1946 or seven, when Roswell happened, they immediately tried to brush that under the rug as weather balloon, you know, and that's been the standard line. Mm-hmm. It's swamp gas. It's weather balloon. You've all heard about it in movies for like 60 years, but now 
suddenly in the 20 teens, mm-hmm. they're releasing things and saying like, yeah, we don't know what this is. We're not going to punish Navy pilots for reporting UFOs anymore. Here are the videos. Like, why is the U.S. government being tr- so transparent about something like that? It's very fishy. Yeah, because you got to hide a bunch of other shit. So if you get people... If you put the take the tinfoil hat people who are now looking into your like money, money and uh, I see nepotism. Yep. I see where you're you going. go here. Have another one. So then the guy with the crazy hair goes see aliens, and you're right, like, right. okay, cool. Like you can go down a different A and E spiral versus like banking regulations. Yes, I I, ag- I agree with you. Um, but I feel like that's. Maybe that's I'm just like too easy. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm just a tinfoil hat person because I feel like that's just too easy. Like the people that are on the scent of like Jeffrey Epstein and like people s- stealing money are not fooled by UFO releases. Like, y- you know, I would say I'm a part of that community. Like we are, our interest is peaked, but now you've made us doubly suspicious. Yeah. Like I wonder, I wonder if it's a hyper normalization thing where like actually it's a pretty straightforward release of like, yeah, we don't know what these are. We uh, have no ulterior motive here, but we are aware of the optics that we are going to confuse the situation. Yeah, well. By making dialogue get all mixed up like this. You don't know what layer of the stack you're at, whether it's like a meta gesture or whether it's um, honest or whether it's somewhere in between. And it doesn't matter because now you've murked up the discourse. Uh, right? I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the, I don't know what half of those words mean, but... Um, I don't, I literally went, okay, well, that's, I literally went, that's dumb. And then pushed it aside. Like, did not give a fuck. I was like, okay, it it could be, it could be any of those things. And that's why I was like, this is worthless as information, as data. I was like, Mm-mm. that's a, that's a healthy impulse. Cause I, you know, I basically agree with you. I'm kind of saying the same thing that by just throwing it out there as like a lure for whatever type of person you it is irrelevant information. If you are, if you're thinking about other things, you just kind of see that coming in, and you just swat at it like, nah, right, away. right, out, Satan. Well, that's maybe like a maybe that's like a healthy personal attitude. But what's interesting is, well, it does beg the question of motivation. That's what all I was trying to say. Yeah. Is like, so you don't care about the aliens per se or the UFOs themselves. That's fine. I don't really either because I don't think that's a knowable question. And I don't care about the, like the, the the potential subterfuge either because I'm like that's again if that's happening it's too easy. So fuck you. Like I can't. I'm not adding this to the information pile right now. Period. Well, yeah, okay, fine. I mean, I mean, I I get I get that you don't want to grapple with it. And again, that's a fine mm-hmm. personal choice, but like the idea of what it represents is interesting. What do you mean? Why release UFO footage from the government during a pandemic? Like that is so suspicious that it doesn't even matter if it's just a baseline disinformation, uh, muddy the waters situation or not. Why would you? Why would you do that? It's so that way they can show, you know, like <clears throat> those were DGI drones from the Wuhan laboratory uh, so we can start sanctions. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I if, if you blame it on... Yeah, I know. Like, it, that's the level of yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of tinfoil hattery that I'm like, oh, fuck. Well, the cra- that's, what the, that's what the crazies are going to... can extrapolate towards while you're injecting bleach. The wild thing about it is that that's not even that crazy of a suggestion. That maybe you put it out there as, oh, we don't know what this is, and then a couple months later you say, oh, we solved it. It's like new Chinese aviation tech. 
and it gives us better reason to go to war or whatever or enact sanctions or do for something no fucking reason yeah. yeah i don't know but it makes me i don't know we can drop it if you you know i don't i feel like we neither of us have any more clear information than that but like keep your eyes peeled for that stuff folks because honestly it's i don't it, the don't timing of it is bizarre no i, I would vote don't bother all right, all right. I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna say no to that i wish you could clarify that position better what the... i don't understand the don't bother other than you're bored by it no i i don't because normally i'd be like that's that's weird what's that but because it can be manifold so many different things of misdirection and again maybe this is that like new end of history like or hyper capitalism moment where i'm just like it falls too neatly into so many things that i'm like not even worth it like the jenga or like the puzzle piece is so right as like a thing a a note of information to drop that like it could be real but the fact that it's like too apparently subterfuge I'm like, no, not even worth acknowledging. So maybe that's the thing. Maybe like the the fatigue level of everyone is too high. So you can just be like, yeah, we told you. Like, I don't know. But also, I don't think it. it's probably just someone's fucking drone. I don't know. I sort of. No, I don't think so. I, mm-hmm. I, I sort of think that that's the intended effect of it is that it's supposed to just turn you off to seeking any further information, right? I'm fine with now, that. but let yeah. me ask the same question a different way. What is something, this can be a news story, it can be whatever, but what is something you've noticed in the last, say, two months during quarantine that did pique your interest? Ugh. That was outside of coronavirus. That was like, this feels like a weird story or, or you know, whatever. Let me pull up the screenshots. Um, I mean, because I know that you have them. I think you just focus on different areas of culture or whatever. I mean, I got this lovely targeted ad that said, is sleep a feminist issue? This is how men steal our sleep. And I went, <clears throat> and then, uh, um, well, wait, 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 wait. Slow, slow down, slow down. We got nothing to dude. I know we got nothing to do, but kill time here. So let's talk about that ad. If you want to talk about well, that. I mean, the most wild thing was the pandas having sex in the New York times and my brain fully exploded. Once again, slow down. So the, the front page of the times on Thursday, Friday, I don't know. Um, a little video explainer of I watched three pandas have sex and I've never been so happy. And I literally went, Oh no. Oh no. What, what is going on here on this day? Like what level of fuckery have we achieved? I don't understand. Everything hurts and I'm dying. Like, like there's been a lot of these kind of like weird quirky articles. Like the idea of like, was wellness like a rich person's game the whole time? Yes. Yes, it was. Are you okay? Did you did 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 you not make that aware like at some point in the past? But you were too busy pumping out sponsored articles. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think we've been talking about like specifically the New York Times, but the mainstream media a lot off mic in terms of this type of issue, where suddenly you're having a lot of like almost self aware moments from pretty stupid writers. Oh yeah, from unself-aware people yeah. in general. Yes. Well, so, well suddenly reality shattered and like the media class or the journalist class has realized that like oh, what they've been reporting on has zero connection with anything important at all. Yeah. And watching them work that out but like take 6 weeks too long to do it and at the same time 
still talk about panda videos. Yeah. But I can't find one article of any reportage from an Amazon or a Target strike or a Whole Foods strike. Like, I can find one. Like, I'm like, wait a minute. We're not talking about... But there's plenty of, like, market articles about landlords are afraid of a rent strike. And I'm like, okay. So I know where everyone's interests have allied. Well, yeah. And and I'm bored by this. I will say on that particular issue, all the articles that I managed to find, I honestly don't think it was that hard to find them. It's just that they were framed badly. They were always framed with this idea that the protests were small and Mm -hmm. they would always get a quote from Jeff Bezos or somebody at uh, Shopify or Target or whatever that said, oh, our business is uninterrupted. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. They were always from the perspective of like, if you're a consumer worried whether or not your order of tequila is going to show up on time, you're fine. Yeah. Not from the perspective of like the workers issues. And I have no idea how large the protests were. No, couldn't tell you. Like I, according to most major publications, they were really small, but we wouldn't know if they weren't because they didn't send a photographer there and they just took the company's word for it. Yeah. I mean, what it just kind of bellies a certain level of like lack of infrastructure of reportage that people actually have. Like, cause like, what are you going to do? Send someone to Minnesota to target headquarters and or like call up a minnesota dispatch no because what do those bumpkins know we're not relying on them well exactly in a, in a previous era of journalism that's precisely what you would have done is investigate the story and find out like exactly what was going on even if it was at the expense of a multinational yeah but you can't do that anymore because of capture but there's no reporters, period, in any, like, no one knows anyone in other cities. Well, I think we should be fair in the sense that coronavirus makes this kind of investigative journalism hard. That's not to say that the New York Times or anybody else would have done it anyway. They certainly wouldn't have. But now you can't travel as effectively, you know. No, but I don't mean, like, sending someone from, like, like, like again, like, use a local paper as a resource and be like, hey, we will pay you X amount of dollars, go there mask blah 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 give us a reportage on a zoom meeting and then we'll compile it you know i don't know for sure but i would imagine that um local and regional newspapers are subject to the same kind of consolidation that like local tv news has been what's that company is it clearwater clearwater media i think they they're the company they're like a far right wing clear channel clear channel clear channel is terrible yes and they own like every local news organization in the interior of the country yeah and basically make them you know, spout propaganda and frame things a certain way. I would imagine that local newspapers are subject to the same type of thing. So, well, they've also been local papers have been gutted for years, like in terms of staff, like there's a lot of labor issues there in terms of writers and newsrooms wanting to uh, unionize and then getting crushed or fired. Like the plane dealer did this in Cleveland, like, like right as the pandemic, pandemic was starting they like laid off half of their like reportage team where it's like now it's just editorials and ap it's like that's not a paper anymore no that's like the reddit news page that yeah that's like that not even that's the aol homepage. yeah yeah exactly like it it other like you realize the structural things on a larger scale when you're like i would like more information please and you're like oh because there's no smaller organization to provide any news yeah yes that reinforces the same idea yeah. that I was getting at. And, and and by extension, that also means that the New York Times probably doesn't have somebody in Minneapolis and somebody in um, Plano, Texas. Like, they don't, they don't have an organization that's nationwide anymore so much as they have a couple people in L.A., 
most of their people in New York and maybe a person in Austin, San Francisco, and, like, Chicago. But then that also means, like, I don't know, like, the interior is, like, like, I know all these people probably went to J school and then scattered throughout the, you know, the states. Like, you don't call friends? Or do you not have friends because you were all fighting out for the same shit? Like, I don't know, like, what level, like, I don't know. That's very disparaging. I don't think that journalistic elites and um people in media in general have friends around the country no i think they mostly consolidate around like georgetown university and a couple other like elite political science and journalism programs you go to chicago and all of your friends are from there and they go to the la times the washington post the new york times and maybe like the wall street journal if they're a little conservative Hmm. and that's pretty much all the friends that you have so no you know, on a, on a more accessible level, like it was my dad's birthday yesterday. Shout out to Big Ron, fan favorite and number one <laughs> character on this podcast. He was driving around in his Camaro, by the way, when I was talking to him yesterday. I thought it was a, a Chevy. Well, he was mad that I called it a Chevy, but it's, well. a, it's a Camaro, I guess. But anyway, I was talking to him about this because we were just talking about the future and like what's going to happen post-core, you know, and... I was telling him that I feel like based on his observations and then based on what I'm going through in New York, especially after a day like today where you really experience living in a city, mm-hmm. not in your bedroom playing Starcraft, um, that I think my calculus about like what's going to happen in this country is really thrown off by living in the epicenter for now of the pandemic and not living like a, a slightly freer life that people in the interior get to have. Like in Ohio, for example, the quarantine's being taken really seriously, but because of the sparser population and a, a number no of other, yeah, a number of other factors, like you can live a lot more um, enjoyable life in the sense of going for walks and things like this. And social distancing is easier. And I think, at least in the milieu that my dad's a part of. Um, the community's homogenous enough that they actually do respect this. People talk over fences or like he visited my aunt and stood at the end of the driveway and talked to her. Like it genuinely seems like people are doing this, but mm-hmm. it's because their communities are closer and smaller yeah. and at the same time sparser. So it's actually possible. Now back to the journalism thing. I think the reason that there's so much panic and disinformation in journalism is because they don't have any real information from people in the interior unless they have family there. Mm. Um, And they're making the same mistake that I've been making, which is everything must be catastrophic and, like, really world-shifting because in New York it might be. Mm -hmm. But, like, in Ohio it's not going to be. They're they're pretty much going to go back to normal. But with masks, which they're already doing. Well, and they are not even going to need them as much as we are for as long as we are. Yeah, I mean. And so this entire calculation, whether we're talking about UFOs or you know, media bias or whatever. It's so centered on New York City and cities in general that it doesn't really apply to the whole economy. It doesn't apply to the whole country. It certainly doesn't apply to the rest of the world. Well, it'll it'll start applying when you can't, you know, when you can't reopen the city because of the, you know, you can't have like Wall Street run by no one. It's already run by robots anyway, but, like, or, like, AI. But, like, you can't, like, disperse all of that power and have functioning markets. 
in the rest of the world. Maybe you can. I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know telecommuting, but maybe that's fine. Maybe people are like, you know, it'll be like the Apple ad, the first Apple ad where the guy's coming in running with the sledgehammer and then the, the video screen guy is like, do this! And then yeah, throws yeah. it through the thing. Like, maybe we'll just, that'll just be a thing for that, that crowd. They'll just have a big video screen of their CFO who's far away and I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think it's increasingly clear that, I mean, it just sounds so obvious to say out loud, but that businesses that can telecommute like that will absolutely keep doing that. Oh, yeah. Not only because it lowers costs for them on every level, but because, yeah, their higher-ups are not going to want to come back from their luxurious homes to a tiny apartment to, like, oversee a bunch of— Oh, their apartments are not tiny. You know, Penn State ex-football players haggle with each other on an open floor. Like, yeah, there's no reason that really needs to happen. When it comes to the stock market, I've always seen that in some respect as, like, just a holdover of tradition. Yeah. And there's no real purpose to it. Mm. It's the computers making the calls. Yeah. I mean, like, the only thing will be, like, again, like, tourism. The city will be... At large, will be poor if you can't get people in. I was trying to make this point to my dad, and I think he actually bested me on it. Because, um, you know, I've been contemplating leaving New York post-quarantine maybe and my two options just logistically where my family is and what i can afford are cleveland and las vegas and i was telling my dad i'm really nervous about the prospect of moving to las vegas because i don't think las vegas is going to be a thing anymore oh no i mean can you ever imagine like those millions of hotel rooms being full day after day after day again i can't um that recycled inside air you add cigarette smoke and yeah, a yeah. thing. You're just like, and it's all old people. Well, and not only oh. that, it requires people to travel by plane to get there for the most part. And I yeah. think, you know, in my estimation, you're going to see that tamped down considerably for years. Yeah. I mean, there will still be people who will drive there. Like, that's what. Yeah, but the West is a lot different than the East Coast, you know? Yeah. The only people that can drive there are people from L.A., San Diego, Phoenix, maybe Salt Lake City. I mean, you're not talking about a huge number of people enough to to, to sustain, sustain yeah. that, um anymore. Yeah. Or at the scale. Like, I, no. I think I talked about the... Was it? Yeah. I don't know. When I was thinking this or saying it, I can't tell the difference. Uh, like, I just feel like the scale of everything will have to retract necessarily, which people will be like, huh? Like, because what do we like? We like comp. We like growth year after year. And it's yeah. like... Maybe just be the small thing. Just be the niche thing and then do that well. Um, Which, like, casinos can't do. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say Las Vegas is a really instructive example because it's a thing that only works at a large scale. Yeah. That's not strictly true because in the prior history of Vegas, it it worked at a pretty small scale, but it was also, like, insanely corrupt and run by the mafia. Well, might come back. You never know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you might see, not necessarily in Las Vegas, but you might see a lot of that, of like a resurgence of organized crime on the the small and mid-level while like multinationals have the large scale. Yeah. That's possible, yeah. That's not great, but uh, I don't know. Like, I don't... Well, but... but, You'll see this with companies and even like theaters and stuff. It'll just be like, why... I don't know. Driving through Midtown was like... Truly just like looking around at these giant buildings like you don't no one's going to need any yeah, of this yeah, anymore. You don't need that. Like it's clear. So like what will become of this density? Like that density in, in particular, which I think I like said once before where I was like, nope, these empty buildings are going to be 
the thing in Midtown. This larger problem of what's going to become of cities. Yeah. Because for basically our entire lives, especially our entire adult lives, everything's been city-centric. Mm-hmm. This is back to any point we've been making through this conversation. Mm-hmm. That like everything's so focused on city, 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 urban, urban, urban. But I don't know. If things can only work on a local scale or on a huge scale, cities are a little bit of both. They're too much of a mix of both things to continue to function. I mean, it'll just be... a. Or they won't be desirable. Like, they will be barely functional or, you know, you might see a return of, like, 1970s New York or something. I don't, you know, that's always my hope. <laughs> like, I know that's terrible, but I'm always like, you know, as much as, like, I would love that. I think it'll be closer to, like, retrofitting these spaces into manufacturing of some kind. Weirdly, like, because you can charge more for it if it's made in America. True. Like, Like, I kind of wonder, like, all those giant buildings downtown that used to be manufacturing or printing or whatever obviously we don't need to print that much anymore but like maybe we start re-retrofitting it or de de de-residentialing some of these commercial sites well i think with all the problems that you're seeing in the supply chain and the awareness that like for both the United well, really like Western culture in general, having outsourced all of their manufacturing to East Asia. And now that China is, you know, more prosperous than us in many ways, realizing that, oh my God, we need to manufacture things within our own borders because we don't have the ability to make Q-tips anymore. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that story, but that, that was really illuminating for me that like Q-tips are at a premium right now because China manufactures all of them and we don't have the capacity because we got rid of all the machinery. (laughs) Really? Let alone all the labor. Huh? And yeah, to be able to even make something that simple. So then when you extrapolate out from that to N95 masks or blah, 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 like the example I heard on a podcast that was instructive for me is imagine if we gave our manufacture of bullets to another country and then you got in a war with them. We would never allow that to happen, right? So we have to start to think of um, more everyday life items with the same critical importance as bullets. Now, furthermore, what's fascinating about what you're saying is that that would require a certain kind of nationalism and restrictionism, whether it comes to immigration or tariff policy and all these things that, like, the liberal city people in this country are— reflexively against what do you mean imagine saying that okay we need to manufacture things at home and being and be able to pay those people not only a living wage but also retool all of those factories that means we're going to have to charge a lot more for imports oh people lose to generate shit. the capital to do this that also means we're going to have to restrict immigration because those jobs need to go to americans and not to um disenfranchised people from other countries why can't you give it to anybody Give the job to whoever. Who gives a shit? Well, you kind of can't do that because somebody that comes from Guatemala that's used to making 15 cents an hour that now makes $3 an hour drives down the minimum wage, and Americans won't work for that. This has been our perpetual problem for the last 30 years. just pay anyone who does manufacturing real money. Like, sorry, everybody, you're going to have to pay a lot more for stuff. Well, it's just this basic problem of there's no incentive for the business owner to do that ever. They Mm. still want their profits, right? So if you want the if you want the capitalists to have their profits and you want labor to get theirs, you 
and you want it to go to your countrymen and not to the rest of the world, you have to restrict. Uh, Profit Diner too. Good lord. <laughs> yeah. Um so I don't know. I don't think uh, we need I don't think we need to get into it anymore. I don't know enough. Yeah, I don't know enough to yeah. I, I just wanna I just wanted to point out that I think it's fascinating that you know, all of the optimistic takes that you're hearing about like where society will go and how we could make a better future. You know, I've seen op-ed after op-ed in the New York Times about <sighs> this, about like how this is a real opportunity or whatever. Well, they're going to require some things that um, a good percentage of the people in this country, whether it's for good cause or not, will just never support. So I don't know how that happens. I don't know how buildings in Midtown get turned back into manufacture. I think it's possible, and I think it's a good idea, but I think that the current inhabitants of this city will stand in the way of that. Well, there's other, I mean, it's not not only the inhabitants, but it's also the non-inhabitants who own lots of very expensive residential property who will block that. Yeah, interestingly, yeah. Because, like, your tax haven is now worthless. Well, they'll they'll be blocking it for different reasons. Yeah, that they're not concerned about the identity politics of the problem. They're concerned about the bottom line that they don't want their real estate value to fall because now their penthouse is on top of a shoe factory. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't know. Sounds cool. Like I don't know. It sounds fun. Let me have it. Let me have a glass tower, please. Can I have one? Do oh, I, I know. I'll live at Hudson Yards, even though I hate that fucking thing. Maybe I can. Oh, that would be fun to go visit. That stupid vessel and see if that got tagged yet. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'll give tens of dollars to anyone who goes and tags the vessel. We were really enjoying the resurgence of graffiti today, especially um, actual graffiti on top Ooh. of gentrifying graffiti. It Ooh, was on really top of that shitty glass door nonsense. Yeah. Ooh. All over. Fuck it up. All over like um, uh, sweet greens and shit. Yeah. Oddly enough, no, the sweet greens were uh, not The sweet hit. green was untouched because yeah. it's still delivering, but there was other like... Uh, gentrifier like tea houses that were getting tagged yeah on. fuck that up uh no it was like a greenhouse store um and like you know i kind of like you know i love seeing finelli's bombed out because it always is and they don't give a shit which I, i'm always like thank you thank you for not caring like like those last grimy descendants i'm like keep on doing it um but like if you're uh 62 year old frail white woman wheat pasting pictures of people with masks on i <laughs> that was hilarious. i need you to know that i want to throw a water balloon at you um and i don't have any so i'm just gonna give you the stank eye ironically the water balloon would just help the wheat paste stick better <sighs> you gotta get that pretty wet well <laughs> what what's an anti-wheat pa- i don't know an egg no actually that's pretty adhesive that's too. pretty adhesive yeah a bomb, a grenade. No, no. <laughs> in no. Minecraft, in Minecraft. Okay. Um, parody. Yeah, it's parody. Par- parody, irony. Um, okay. Before, the, before this goes on too long, do you uh, want to do the long-awaited Proust questionnaire? Oh, sure. I think it's that time. Is it that time? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's about a half hour in. Um, do you want to take a break for another drink, and then we can come back to this? Oh, yeah, I need to... Re- I should refill. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And pause. I liked having the break in the last one during the technical difficulties. It's a good marker. It made me giggle. I was I, I, I giggled a little. When I was editing that part, 
I was afraid I looked like such an asshole because I got like audibly angry with you. I was like, fucking unplug it. I didn't, yeah. I don't think I even said the F word, but I was just like, unplug it so forcefully that when I heard it back, I was like, damn, I get mean sometimes. I didn't know that. Sometimes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks I'm the mean one. Fucking bullshit. You're just the snarky been, one, but I've I'm been, actually mean. I've been heckled all day. All day. Well, hey, listen, man, if, if I was fantasizing about turnip cakes just for no reason audibly, I, I think I would you hear about... You wouldn't let me stop at Namwa to buy a bunch of frozen dumplings and some fucking turnip I cakes. I would have let you do that. You just didn't do it. And as we were crossing over Manhattan back to Brooklyn, you were reminiscing about turnip cakes and dim sum. love turnip cakes. My bit about it was that if you, uh, if Will ever astral projected, his true form would be like a 400-pound man. Yes. There's a 300-pound man that lives inside me. He's just showing a little the more man these days. inside you. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I got to go change into some jean shorts. <laughs> yeah, by Dr. Tobias Laughlin. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, we have no real segue, so we won't even do it. We're just going to go right into it. The long-awaited... My favorite button. Proust questionnaire for Will. Um, okay, remember, t- take your time with these. I want you to be thoughtful in your answers. I'm afraid oh, that this seg- the reason I waited so long to introduce this is I'm afraid this segment in your case is going to be incredibly short because you're going <laughs> to give uh, yes, no, or I don't know style answers. But if you need to pause, feel free to pause and think about it for a second and, and you know, try to answer earnestly. This is going to be the earnest Will segment title. Good luck. Good fucking luck. Okay, what do you consider your greatest achievement? I have it. I did a, you know, hashtag she persisted. After being oaky, smoky, uber poor. Didn't give up. Didn't give a white flag, which would have been very easy to do. And just kept going. uh, And didn't... uh, didn't run because it's very in my nature to be a running person like i'm not a in the fight or flight i am not a fight person Uh, by nature i say rather um but then instead of being well i was a depressed piece of shit but you know instead of being poor and sad i went i'm tired of being poor and sad fuck this and then here we are uh yeah okay but I mean, I, well, I, I'm, no, it's, no, no, it's no, not no. about I, it's not about the doing it. It's more of the transitioning from the the flight to the oh no, we fight now. As yeah, a mental the, headspace, right? This is an interesting thing to talk about. I, I just want to be clear for the listener that you're talking about a time when you got laid off from a job, mm-hmm. and then I went into finance. Yeah, you know your illustrious career in the financial sector. <laughs> okay, and um. Had a had a tough was that like a year or more? It was like exactly a year. Right around a year where you were sinking a little bit and you managed to swim again. Yeah. Um in your day job career, but I, well, I never realized swimming, but also like then kick someone off a jet ski and said, Fuck you, I got this. Sure, sure. I, I never realized how um how transformational that was for you. I think it, I think it was because normally I'm like I'm used to everything going right because I'm like I just plan the things and then I do it and I'm a good student and I'm a student I just was like oh that backfired because I was just like following along things and then I was like ah fuck this I'm gonna do what I 
everyone move. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I does yeah, that make sense? It, it it definitely does. But I'm gonna I'm gonna do what you did because I think you hosted this better. I'm just gonna move through the list and then we'll do a recap at the end. How's mm, that? Whatever. Because yeah. I'm gonna stop probably every question if if <laughs> for an explainer. I, I don't hold I don't, myself. Back. I mean, do whatever you want. I don't like. I was just being snarky and crafting a narrative. No, it's yeah, it's interesting. Okay. <clears throat> what is your most treasured possession? I have a, I showed this to you once. It was, it's a little piece of um, masking tape that says clear soup in my grandmother's handwriting that is in my sketchbook. And it's the clearest memory that is like a Proust Madeline to bring it back to the theme. It's, it's the only thing that actually is an item that takes me to a place and a time in memory. What is your most marked characteristic? cunt okay no well (laughs) in a good way and a bad way well let's well i don't know yeah you don't you don't have to feel the need to explain yourself i don't know okay also i don't smile for pictures what living person do you most despise i don't know because i don't feel that strongly in in general that's not that's a non-answer but no one ever works me up. Like I have things that I see and then I go, <sighs> and I learned the coping mechanism of you don't have to follow them on social media if you're getting enraged and having a rage stroke. Okay. Which talent would you most like to have? The ability to make small talk. I don't listen to people when I don't want, when I'm forced in a social situation and then forced to like do chitter chatter or, you know, ease my way into a circle. I'm very bad at it. Uh, so I uh, just have, I just start drinking faster and then I can talk and I'd rather just get to the, the talking part and ease my way in and be a little more, less performatively charming. When and where were you the most happy? I think like hosting Thanksgiving and New Year's are very nice things or like any time where it's like, this is maybe going back to the previous question of inability to make small, like when things, hosting is nice and giving and it's all the people who are around and it's curated and there's a lot of care and like that warm and fuzzy feeling when it's legitimate, it's like actually kind of nice. But I don't have like a single like, I am swelling with joy. I don't actually mm, don't have that. What do you regard as the lowest depth of misery? Mm. I don't... Mm, misery? The shame spiral after getting diagnosed with chlamydia? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty miserable. I don't know. You're like, I'm leaking. I have to go to a doctor. Oh, the shame. <laughs> all right, oh, the all right, shame. All right. Enough, enough detail. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> I have to bring levity to this. This is my job, right? What is the trait you most deplore in yourself? I'm wildly, wickedly impatient. What do you consider the most overrated virtue? Mm. Overrated? Yeah. Honesty. Which is weird. It's just cheap, but nobody does it. So when people are honest, 
it's like you were so honest it's like yeah you should just be that way all the time i don't know what to tell you like if that's your baseline it's not that impressive on which occasions do you lie other than constantly i love lying love it i know that flies in the face of the honesty thing but like it's i mean i only lie when eh, hmm. i lie to kind of protect people from the reality of like like putting a little pad down before you hit them with a truth bomb you're just like well i'm just gonna put this little cushion down on the floor and smirky one what um it's it's the praise sandwich where you say oh yeah that looks really great okay so you need to work on this in your life and then oh yeah this is fine you lie about the, like, you, the filling is always there. The sandwiches you can make up. Or the bread or the cook, whatever. How would you like to die? I mean, I mean, I know what I want to be done with my body, but that's not the question. I want Viking funeral. Like, set me out adrift while I'm in my twilight and then just let me go into the ocean. That would be lovely. Um, but I don't. I think that's a fair answer for the aftermath, yeah. Yeah, that's not really the the thing, though. I mean, mm, swiftly. Like, just, I don't know, just, like, let me, give me a segue when I'm, like, 92 and, like, let me roll off the fucking Grand Canyon. I don't know. Like, truly, just, like, <laughs> like I'll sign a... a that's an amazing like, image. <laughs> like you at 400 pounds on a Segway, just rolling into the Grand Canyon fuck, deliberately. Set me, set <laughs> me free. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't like, I don't want to be one of those people who's like, I want to hang out forever. I'm like, I don't know. I'll sign a DNR like at a certain point and just be like, well, you sure you don't want it? No, no. But also like, don't stab me. That sounds painful. Gunshot wound. No, thank you. Poisoning. I'll take poisoning. Oh, uh, well, you could, That's, those you are could prevent re- yourself yeah. from getting coronavirus by injecting bleach. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't want to, like, I don't want to go crazy. So if I go crazy, I mean, that at that point, like, you can old yeller me. Senility is a huge tragedy. Yeah. I, I don't think anybody wishes that on anyone. No, I think if I start losing my mind, like, someone's going to have to, like, smother me with a pillow. Actually, that would, that's how I want to go out. Smother me with a pillow. <laughs> okay. What is your greatest fear? Mm. Well, concurrent with that, dying alone. Like, you know, no one's around. You're just like, uh, you just keel over one day and there's no one to order you a shitty urn that smacks you in the face from your youth. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you for playing the Proust questionnaire. <laughs> is that I think right it's one? the price is right. Oh, it is the price is right. Oh, oops. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe maybe that's a good error for, <laughs> for you. Whatever. Uh, okay. All right. Well, let's do a let's do a couple minutes on the little post show. What? The post show. Oh, like Yeah, well, I well Oh, much, you made notes. Yeah, much yeah, like okay. you. Yeah, I made I made notes because I can't remember anything. I have a goldfish brain. Oh. Um but I was really struck by the idea that your one of your greatest achievements was not leaving New York in a moment where that would have been more convenient or expedient to do it. Uh, Band aid on a bigger problem. 
Yeah, yeah. Band-Aid on a bigger psychological problem of like, well, you did everything right and then life still smacks you in the face. And I was like, what do you mean? Because every setback that I ever had previous was like minor. Of course, yeah. So it's like, uh, actually like be an adult and do something. Try to be responsible. Do it yourself. I mean, with help. But like, do the psychological work of saying like, don't fall into like, well, I just have this. and uh," Like, no, like, control yeah it's interesting that you locate that around a place though like i never really realized it was on the table for you to leave or not i didn't realize when you were going through that 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 was something you were even grappling with it didn't seem like it was on the table yeah because i don't i don't share the, the fucking crazy town in my head like it would have been easy sure like i could have like could have been like september and i would have been like well i'm not making any money bye-bye like like I can't do this. Like I also, I could have also just given up my studio at some point during that and then just been okay. But like that would have made me more mentally insane. Cause then I would have been like, I don't know. It would have been worse on a lot of accounts of, you know, the sanity thing. And also like, what do you do when like, if you're getting boxed in from all the sides, like, and your kind of learned behavior is just to submit I'm not that I learned that I don't want to be that person who just submits anymore on anything. Right. Because like I performed like I don't give a fuck. But I wasn't doing that in practice. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like if if all of your successes are basically handed to you to you, you're being a good boy. You're being boxed in in the same sense that you would have been if you decided to leave, which is, well, I have no real agency here. I'm just going with the flow at all times. Yeah, yeah, but it's interesting to discover that in a moment of uh, real desperation. I think that shows a lot of courage and actually has like a lot more lasting impact than having that realization from a moment of plenty. Well, this is why, like, during all of this, I've become Zen master extraordinaire. Like, that is not true. What at all? But go ahead. Sometimes I, I want to let you make your point. Sometimes I get a little anxious. But like, you know, like when it was like furloughing time and stuff like that, I was like, okay, you know what to do. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Just do the things that you like, do what you know. If if things need to change, you know that you can change them. Very AA. I don't know. Cheers. Um, what does that make sense? Where I'm like. It does. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. The world's crashing around me. But like, it's been worse. So like, fuck it. Like, figure this out some way. Um, yeah, it's funny to be glib about it and say it's like a real AA thing, but I do think that a lot of life problems do come down to those sort of realizations that like, if you, uh, want to be seen as the type of person that has agency, then you actually need to have it when it really counts. Well, it's like, are you a bullshitter or not? Right. Like, and I was like, I don't, I, I was like, oh my God, I'm a bullshitter. Which is, like, my life is a series of, like, oh, my God, I'm a bullshitter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like chicks. Yeah, well, that was bullshit. We all know that. Like, <laughs> right, right. like uh, you know, like, when you realize, like, it's just a crescendo and you can't bullshit anymore, like, you can either crumble and be a little little baby, little baby, go back to mommy, or you can be like, fuck everybody, I'm going to figure this out, move. Right. Well, there's this there's this other question there of honesty or not. Like, in one of your other responses... You named honesty as the most overward, um, sorry, overrated virtue. You should just be that way all the time. 
Which well, is maybe like a learning out of that first thing where it's like, well. But I think it's more complicated than that. And I think you said as much when you said like you lie constantly because it's a nice cushion for other people. Um, I kind of agree with that, but I want to hear more about that from you because I don't know. I don't know how that works in your life. Like it, on one hand, if you're a bullshitter and it was an important realization to realize you can't really do that anymore. Lies aren't bullshit, though. It's different. What's the difference? Bullshitting is misdirection. Lies have a kernel of the truth in them in their turn of them. Either in their antithesis or their... Like, there's a part of the truth in the lie, but a bullshit is just like, oh, yeah, this guy went that way. And it's like, oh, he went the other way. Like, you know, like it's... I see. You I know, see. which way is Houston? And you're like, over there. And you're like, oh, it's actually that way. But fuck that guy. Like, you don't want to... Bullshitting is inherently this kind of, like lazy muckety misdirection lying is a little bit more strategic because you can get a lot of information from a lie um because you're tell you're including the truth in it but you're like mm, i'll give you enough rope to hang yourself please um but when you're if you're delivering like an honest opinion to someone but you know like maybe they haven't heard that in a while or like it might hurt their feelings you're like well let me just throw a little lie in there just like th a little, a little marshmallow marshmallow of a lie just to make it a little bit more it's the spoonful of sugar idea the medicine yeah, is going to be the truth because like i can't help myself but not tell you like what the fuck right. but like maybe i have to lie to get it like under your tongue and get you to swallow it yeah i see what you're saying yeah um like the conditions for delivering the honesty can be manipulated and that's the lie lies are basically manipulation Right, but they can be manipulation of honesty at the same time. Yeah. Well, because I think there is a difference between outright lies that do contain a, tr a kernel of truth, but also contain a kernel of bullshit in that they're misdirection. And then there are lies that contain a kernel of truth. And I guess it's still misdirective bullshit, but it's in service of something. Yeah, I'd rather lie in, s in service of getting to the the meat and the potatoes of the matter right because like i don't i well as i age i'm like i don't have time to like fucking like bullshit someone and tell like blow smoke up their ass like it's just exhausting and it's just based on a lack of anything resembling the truth or honesty so i'm like it's not worth it well i'm with you on the idea that bullshit is separate from lies i think that's yeah. a nice distinction and i'm also not interested in bullshitting i don't think that's it's just not stimulating or something like there, there's really no reason I mean, to do it. It can be fun, but like you're an asshole. Only if you're dealing with a really stupid person that wants to parry with you above their level. I think yeah, that's yeah. the only time that I do that is when I'm truly fucking with somebody. Or that if I someone's don't trying respect. to, if someone's trying to hoodwink me, I'm like, get yeah, wrecked. Exactly. I know better. Like let's, let's cut the shit. Like, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want to get at? I don't have time for this. Like, theater of understanding but there's a lot of times when right when lies are useful because you can't go through the whole pedagogical exercise of demonstrating for somebody everything they need to know to accept a certain point which you believe is right yeah so you can shortcut it a little bit by just doing it in their terms which you know are imprecise and maybe even incorrect yeah but will deliver the same kernel of truth you can yeah. also like you know like like, I like the idea of asking a stupid question. I do this with you sometimes where I'm like, like, wait, what is that? And I'm like, even though I know, but I would like an explainer on your terms. Yeah. 
like it's like i un, i intuit it but i would like it verbalized in the way like it's that's not even a lie is it a lie it's not bullshit it is a lie i don't know well it's not a lie like like it's a question it's a clarifying I, I, question. I, mean, yeah. I, I think all of this internal dialogue about what you're using it for yeah. is sort of irrelevant. Mm. Like, you just know that I'm a person that's very willing to speak extemporaneously about whatever subject I'm knowledgeable on. Yeah, you're very online. So you'll just, yeah. So you'll just use that to your advantage. Even if you know to some degree what the answer is, you're going to get more information from me than you can get from yourself. Like, I don't think that's a lie. Hmm. I think being um, faux naive is what you're describing. Yeah, But yeah. that's not really lying. And it's not misdirective no. either. It's just honest, actually, in the sense that you don't know as much about it as you'd like to, and you're trying to get more information. Yeah. I think that's fine. I don't. I don't even think that's, like, really part of the lie honesty mm. dynamic except mm. that it's extremely honest about not knowing as much as you would like to yeah and that might be a bizarre internal admission to make because everybody likes to think of themselves as the smartest person in the world i mean i love the idea that i would be a fucking genius but i know that i am a complete and utter dumbass i think i said something to you um a few nights ago about uh salazarian mozart huh um, where I, I know I'm mispronouncing his name right now. Is it Salazari? I have no idea who this is. Um, well, there was a contemporary of Mozart that was an amazing composer in his own right, mm -hmm. but compared to Mozart was like a C plus, mm. but he was the second best thing. Uh, and there's a line of dialogue in, in the movie Amadeus where he says like, God, why did you make me knowledgeable enough to know that I can never be Mozart? Uh, and I feel like both you and I share that to a certain degree where I know I'm not a genius, but that I'm smarter than most people or more empathetic than most people or more honest than most people. Like you can sub any word yeah. there, but I'm also never going to be transcendent. And that's like a real bothersome condition yeah i'm fucking brilliant but i'm lazy yes i i think you're so, more self-aware about to, that than i am. I don't yeah, know yeah, what yeah. to tell you like if i actually like put effort in i would do a lot of things but like photoshopping three things took me two hours because i was like oh this is boring no well it's because you don't have good digital hygiene and you don't save your files in a carefully uh constructed system uh-huh Mm -hmm. yeah ask dustin about that <laughs> yeah <laughs> he knows i was like yeah i don't know i was doing a lot that was hard and i do do that but it doesn't get me to be able to even start the application so <laughs> oh i just two I, sides I, of the yeah, same well thing. i started a thing and then just was like this is a stupid question i'm not doing this well uh, let me ask you one more follow-up because this is getting kind of long but oh. um the other interesting answer from you is that you wished you were able to make small talk better i think that's really interesting oh i'm terrible at it and it came with the subsequent admission that you're not good at listening. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know how to, like, eavesdrop to, like, interject and, like, be that person. Because I, like, just kind of hover. I'm like, hey, everyone scooch over so I can jump. Like, it's, uh, I'm not good at it. Like, I don't know. Like, and also, like, maybe this will change post, like, core time where I'll be like, I'll talk to anybody. Ah! Like, I doubt that, actually, because it'll just make me more terrified to talk to people. But, like, I am still there's still some block in my brain that's like that only child weirdo who like doesn't know how to play with other kids. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, well, I thought it was an interesting response because it makes a lot of sense. It was the one answer that you gave that was like, Oh, I also see that in you. 
Yeah, I mean, it's... I'm not good at it. You know what I think the actual problem is there? Is that... And this relates to our prior conversation about honesty and bullshit or lying and bullshit. Like, most small talk is bullshit. And I think that's why you don't know how to do it. Because you don't want to participate in that. But the real trick in those cases is to understand that you need to participate with the bullshit just so that you'll be accepted by the crowd. But if you're good and smart and tactical, you can turn bullshit small talk into a real conversation yeah I don't the the act the actual problem is being able to turn the rest of the group on your dime yeah i don't it's know it's very manipulative yeah i don't if know you how look to get it cynically i don't know how to win f- win friends and influence people according to the old book title yeah know? well not neither neither do i but i think i've gotten better at that like because I realized that that was the problem. Because I mm. felt the same kind of clamminess that I think you feel when there's a group of three or four people. And maybe you know one or two of them, but you don't know the third. So the dynamic is not something that you're privy to. Yeah, stranger right? danger. Sure. Um, but if you get in there, and it does have to do with listening, and you listen to their bullshit, and you learn the lingo, and you spit it back to them for one or two sentences, now you're in. <sighs> And now you can turn the conversation towards something actually interesting, but you have to do it on their terms. Yeah, I, that's yeah. the thing. It takes a lot for me not to just like walk up, overhear something, like realize like I don't want to do this, like, and then just like you can't be that. I was always like, hi, and then I gotta go, bye. Like it's well, part that's of uncouth. it. Part of it is you can't rush to judgment. Oh well, you can't enter a private lexicon that you're only vaguely familiar with, and then mm. suddenly have an opinion. You have to banter within the lexicon for a while and then deliver your opinion with a little bit of subterfuge. But when the lexicon is like, again, that performative, like, cool thing, I just can't do it. I'm like, I don't care. Well, there's also conversations that you don't want to be a part of, and that's fine, too. But I I think part of this issue might be trying to be parts of conversations that you would never like anyway. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, again, that's part of like maybe that's part of like when you do that as your day job of making small talk. It's like ugh, I know you people, so like why am I doing this again? Like that was always my crutch of like I don't know, I'm just too exhausted from doing it all the time. But now I'm like eh, I don't do it all the time. So I, I don't, I don't, shit. I don't think that's a really fair analysis because what you're doing when you are at your day job and engaging in quote small talk is not really small talk because you have an agenda. Oh yeah. You're just doing the lubrication necessary to make a sale. But I'm, t- I'm trying to tell you that, like, you could have a similar thing in social circumstances if you understood it in a similar way. Mm. That when you walked into a conversation, say, at an opening that made you a little uncomfortable at first, that if you approached it with a goal in mind, which is, like, this conversation is boring. This is just me speaking completely. This conversation is boring. I would like to make it interesting. Mm-hmm. Then you have a whole new dynamic because you're no longer dealing with the gossip that's going on mm. or the bullshit that's going on. You're just learning how to direct that appropriately based on those people's cues. Mm. Like that's the critical elements of it. Like you would never tell a customer um, you're wrong and I'm right. You would figure out a way. Oh, I always figure out a way to tell them that but I'm right. You, but this is the critical thing, is you would figure out a way to do that. Yeah. So you can also approach social interaction that way. 
And you can also do it with a generous spirit that is not about trying to sell anybody anything. Yeah. But trying to say, like, there's more voices in this conversation than you're aware of. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's mostly, like, I, I, I trust my friends are smart people, and then I find the public to be incredibly manipulable. So, like, maybe that's the problem where I'm like, well, we're all the public. Exactly. Myself included. Yep. Like, I was we're gonna, all the public. I was going to say the same thing. Drawing the boundaries between, like, the people you respect and the people that you write off is a huge part of that problem. Yeah. Um, recognizing what people are good at and what they're, where their intelligence lies is where you can really start to have interesting conversations that yeah. have nothing to do with judgment or um, bullshit. Mm. All fair. Okay. Is that a good place to stop? We've been going for a while. How long is it? Hour 23. Oh, a short one. <laughs> yeah. Comparatively. By, by by the new standard. Well, you're going to take out like five minutes from the making drinks. It's really like two minutes, but yeah. Mm-hmm, whatever. I mean, every other fucking podcast I listen to. Hour 43, I'm like... Hey, man, nobody's got oh. anything to do, and when you get a good conversation going... You just keep not? on going. Yeah. yeah. But, I, but I think we should cut it off for sympathy to our 20, lovely listening 20s of listeners, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah uh hold on i was gonna better be good no i mean i'll just give you the the ye- and throw in yay kids when you uh wish ron a happy birthday that'll be my happy birthday message. i'm not gonna do any extra editing work <sighs> i wish ron a happy birthday on an hour-long phone call yeah and i couldn't find yay kids and i did it enough. again on the podcast so no okay fine all right you don't you don't get to like I'm, I'm giving you editing notes. I'm giving no, you notes. No, you don't get to do that. I'm giving you notes. You don't get to do I that. I didn't even listen to my own mini podcast. Yeah, you should be glad that you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to the first two seconds where I asked for a music cue, and it was delivered, so I said, oh, thank you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, I'm done. Um, yeah, everybody's done. Of... Okay. Bye. Good night and good luck. <laughs> oh.